This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a production of Catholic Radio Indy. Now here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. And Bridget, we've got a fascinating topic, absolutely fascinating topic. I'm sure our listeners are going to say, I didn't have any idea that was going on. That is so true. And, you know, we we talk about religious liberty a lot, especially in these COVID-19 days. And um, we're actually going to be talking about that topic, but specifically about Christian persecution around the world and how the COVID-19 has impacted the situation for Christians all over. Um, our guest today is Dee Dee Logason. She is the founding member and executive director of an organization called Save the Christian, Save the Persecuted Christians Coalition. So welcome to Faith in Action, Dee Dee. Thanks, Bridget. Happy to be here today. Um, now, people may not have heard of this organization. We do know that there are Christians that are being persecuted all around the world, and um, the extent of that is pretty severe. I, I read kind of your background paper on this, and I had no idea the extent and the acceleration of Christians that have been persecuted around the world, it just even in the last, you know, 20 years. But tell us a little bit about the organization that, um, that you serve at. Sure. Save the Persecuted Christians is a informal alliance of uh, faith leaders and community leaders. Each in their own right, they serve persecuted Christians around the way uh, around the world. But we've come together in a collective way to uh, really elevate uh, awareness of the genocidal persecution of Christians worldwide, and to engage our policymakers on actions that can. Um, help alleviate that persecution and cause uh, real, um, you know, create disincentives for the type of persecution that we're seeing. Now, Didi, is this a new organization, or has this been around for a long, long time? We launched in February 2018 and uh, formally became a nonprofit in 2019. So tell us a little bit about your background. I know that you're based out of Colorado. I know that you're Catholic and you have um, a background in journalism and uh, uh, politics and public policy. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved uh, with this organization or why you wanted to get this started. Well, you know, I started uh, a Catholic uh, home industry when I was, raising my six sons. I have uh, six sons from 25 down to 11. Uh, I launched the Rosary Project uh, and published the Holy Baby DVDs and uh, hand-tied parachute cord rosaries, which I sold uh, in the United States and around the world. Uh, It gave me so much, uh, so many skills in in various ways, building websites and and making sales calls and all of that. So that background uh, was perfect for um, for rolling into just becoming a communications uh, consultant for for various uh, issues, campaigns, and other things. And uh, I ended up working coalitions and. Um, and so that is what this organization really is, as, as a coalition of 
all of those. So selflessly serving our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world, but finding that here in the United States, Americans are just not aware of what's happening in such a grave um, and, and dire circumstances that our, our brothers and sisters experience daily around the world. You know, Aid to the Church in Need reports 327 million Christians are persecuted for their faith. That's one for every man, woman, and child in the United States. And uh, Open Doors, which is like the gold standard for uh, reports on persecuted Christians, they report that of the, that 327 million, 260 million experience heavy persecution. They literally wake up every day and do not know if they will survive. It's it's It's... The numbers are so big, it's very hard to um, conceive. But if you can put it together that for every man, woman, and child in the United States, there is a Christian out there being persecuted for their faith. Now, how large is your organization? Our organization is nearly 200 coalition members and thousands of Americans as our grassroots. So we've started this movement. It's called the Save Us Movement. And we're really trying to provide that popular support that our policymakers need in order to be able to pass the uh, legislation and, um, and other uh, uh, key tools that can be used, like sanctions and, um, and uh, letters of, of um, dissuasion to other countries and being able to involve them in that. Uh, so the, the we're, we're, we're growing. Um, we're very excited about all the people who have um, come on board to support this, but we definitely need more. So we're talking with Dee Dee Logason. She's the executive director of Save the Persecuted Christians Coalition. And um, why don't you go ahead and We'll do this in the first part of the show. Go ahead and give your email address if people right now that are listening would want to find out more or maybe learn more or want to volunteer. Could you go ahead and give us your webpage? Sure. SaveThePersecutedChristians.org. SaveThePersecutedChristians.org. Very good. Now, if you could you describe, um, give us some detail about some of the problems, like everyday problems that Christians around the world face, and are there certain regions of the world that are, I guess, you know, more difficult to be a Christian? Yeah, as I said, the uh, persecution of Christians has reached genocidal levels. That is straight out of a U.K.-commissioned report that came out last year, uh, putting the title Genocidal on it. Uh, you see persecution happening in the Middle East. Everyone's aware of that. Uh, but with the defeat of ISIS, people kind of said, okay, well, that's over, <laughs> and moved on. Unfortunately, the Islamic State has moved into West Africa uh, Nigeria, Burkina Faso, uh, Chad, Cameroon, uh, all of these areas are exploding with Islamic State terrorist activities. Nigeria is actually experiencing a full-on genocide of Christians 
More than a thousand Christians have been killed there already this year, beating last year's numbers out of the water. And, um, and we're seeing daily uh, violent attacks on uh, Christian villages, uh, especially in the uh, Middle Belt and northern Nigeria, where the Islamic State West Africa, a branch of Boko Haram, is, um, is just wreaking havoc, as, along with a, a less-known group called the Fulani Militants, a group of um, Muslim uh, terrorists in Nigeria who, who are also just um, most horrendous uh, slaughter of Christians on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. From West Africa, we can go to Southeast Asia, Pakistan, believe it or not, is more violent than Nigeria, for a more violent place for Christians to live than Nigeria. India is also uh, has a very poor record on on Christian um, on, on upholding the rights of Christians, and they are also uh, regularly unjustly detained and and. Um, mob violence, all kinds of things happening to Christians in India. And finally, we have China. China has new religious uh, restrictions that went into place in 2018 that are now being enforced. And you're seeing house churches and um, even state-sanctioned churches being, uh, being shut down, raised to the ground, and these... Uh, Congregants are being arrested and taken away. China, uh, the China Tribunal, has found that China is uh, criminally uh, responsible for its organ harvesting industry, and those organs that they take are coming from uh, religious detainees, uh, whether they be Christians or uh, Uyghur Muslims or uh, the Falun Gong. Uh, so many. Uh, so many are harmed in China. It's very, very uh, concerning. Mm-hmm. Didi, any idea why there's so little publicity, so little news about this? I mean, a couple of times a year in the normal, in the mainstream news media, you hear a little report about something that went on in uh, you know any of the countries that you just mentioned, but you, you don't hear about it as continuously going on. Yeah, it's, uh, that's one of the things that we battle here every day at Save the Persecuted Christians is um, trying to uh, engage the media on these issues. Unfortunately, and I do have to say that Christian media has been very good at covering these issues. Uh, the mainstream media, however, um, for the most part, ignores what's going on. It really does have to do with um, the numbers are so big, it seems like a problem that just cannot be tackled. And it also, it has to do with Christians. And in the United States, Christians are seen as uh, a privileged class. Um, but throughout the world, Christians uh, are truly among the poorest of the poor and the most vulnerable, marginalized people in societies across, um, in, in a record number of countries. And um, so what we do at Save the Persecuted Christians, we are in the media on a regular basis. 
with interviews such as this. But we also run a news aggregator called ChristianPersecutionNews.com, where we collect as many stories as we can. And that way, uh, the members of our Save Us movement can um, share those stories with friends and families who simply don't believe that Christians are persecuted. Uh, Dee Dee, we're going to take a quick break right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about how you can help save the persecuted Christians. So stay tuned. At Catholic Radio, we love to hear from you. Call us anytime. Just recently, we found this message on our voicemail. I'm a non-Catholic that listens to your Catholic radio station, and I just want to thank you guys. I listen to uh, Catholic Answers and Al Cresta sometimes, and I think her name's Teresa Tommy. I listen to her and uh, another show or two. I appreciate it. Call us at 317-870-8400 and let us know what you're thinking. I just called to say, even though I'm not a Catholic, I listen to your station. Have you ever thought about joining the Catholic Church? Have you just wanted to explore the Catholic faith? All you need to do is call your local Catholic Church for more information. We are always happy to help you in your journey to discover and learn more about the Catholic faith. We have classes that are almost year-round, and the classes and information sessions do not involve making a commitment, and there is no pressure to join. Please call your local Catholic parish for more information today and start the journey of one day possibly becoming Catholic as well. God bless. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Ayer. Jim Ganley's in the studio, and we're talking to our guest uh, via phone from Colorado, Dee Dee Logason. She is the executive director and one of the founding members of Save the Persecuted Christians Coalition. And we're, uh, you had mentioned um, some real problems in India and Pakistan as it, as it relates to food rationing for Christians. Can you talk about that? Yeah. The, um, the pandemic hit America and the world just out of the blue. So many people in India and Pakistan, when the lockdowns went in place, were left um, away from home. They're migrant workers, they're daily day laborers, they, um, they travel to distant places to find work. And when the lockdowns went into place, they found themselves stuck where they were at, used uh, we suddenly received reports of literally millions of people on the move trying to get back to their homes. Many of these were Christians, and they were, um, and many of them found themselves being uh, detained uh, with people who were uh, COVID active and um, and in danger in that way. In Pakistan, the driver of Christian persecution is a Muslim-dominant society. In India, you have uh, Hindu nationalists who run the country, and uh, really the, India has a plan to, uh, to be Hindu only uh, by the middle, by 2025. So, um, so there's active drivers uh, working against Christians in both those areas. Now, when the lockdowns went in place, People were told to uh, stay in place and that the government would provide food rations for them. We started hearing out of Pakistan and India that Christians were being denied the food rations. They'd go stand in line, um, they'd get their um, ID number, they'd go stand in line, and when they, uh, they were told that 
these food rations were not for Christians. They were for Muslims only or Hindus only. And so um, we have a number of people. Uh, we're working with the country of Hungary right now to provide direct aid to local uh, pastors and their communities because these people are literally starving to death. These countries are taking this opportunity to starve the uh, religious minorities in their lands. It's a very concerning and a very urgent situation for mm-hmm. Pakistanis and Indian Christians. Mm-hmm. What would, Didi, what is the root of all of the hatred? I mean, as Christians, we're happy to, uh, if our neighbor is a, a Muslim or a uh, of a different faith, we're, we're, we're fine to say, gee, uh, you know, we don't, we don't believe the same thing, but hey, you know, we can live in the same block, we can shop in the same stores. What, what is the root? Why, why is there all of this hatred to the point of killing for Christians? You know, I, I, I struggle with an answer to that as well. Um, you have, uh, you know, in these countries, Christians are the minority, but they're growing. They, people are coming to Christianity in these countries, and it is a threat to those who are in power because it threatens their control. It threatens um, their, their uh, societal network. It's, uh, you know, I really think that Christians here in the United States uh, longing to return to worship um, but coming up against emergency, emergency directives and criminal charges, they need to look at the devastation wrought upon Christians by Muslims in Pakistan, Hindus in India, and communists in China. Um, big government elitists and uh, the globalists and socialists, they're actively targeting Christians around the world and even here in America. Um, we're not in a slow slide with regards to the loss of our religious freedom. Uh, this is an all-out attempt to usurp the charity activities of Christian communities and to shut down churches. And it hits at the heart of who we are. Churches are so much more than a place to hear God's Word and give Him praise. Churches are hubs of family and social services. To strip the country of these communities is to rip out foundations of support for some of America's most vulnerable citizens. And it goes right to the point that Christians in other lands who, um, who provide their communities with the support that they need to be educated, to be fed, to receive medical services, these are things that these governments think that they should provide alone. And now we're seeing that here in the United States. We are, you know, churches in America, as I just said, are, are more than just a, a, a building where people go and pray. These are strong uh, social networks of support. And, um, and for in distant lands, that's a threat to uh, the people who are in charge. And we are seeing it more and more here in the United States as well. Well, let me ask you, Dee Dee, do, um, do you provide, do, or how can people help out? You know, do you use um, 
volunteers or you have network people or people that join the coalition? How do people get involved? What are some of the activities that they can they can be a part of with your organization? If someone listening were, were interested in helping out, what what kinds of things can people do? Well, these are strange times. Uh, we have been hosting regular virtual prayer vigils uh, for Nigeria, for um, uh, and 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 many other topics. We we just led one on the U.S. National Day of Prayer last Thursday. We also regularly write letters to. Um, to the president or to members of Congress or to other policymakers encouraging action, and we seek people to sign on to those letters. We also frequently provide opportunities uh, for people to um, send a letter directly to their member of Congress, and uh, we have a, a platform that allows you to do that. So we provide opportunities like that. In normal times, we have uh, two exhibits that we uh, take out and about all around the United States, um, seen by a half a million people so far, the People of the Cross exhibit and also Warfare on Women. And so we do um, speakers' events, and we would be happy to to bring that to your parish and to your community to raise awareness on, on this issue. Um, and there are so many other ways as well to just to provide um, the support that our coalition members need to be able to give that direct support to our um, our persecuted brothers and sisters. That's something else that we also support. So, Dee, do you find that um, in these various countries that you do have partners there, um, whether they're through like an archdiocese or a church, a local church or a parish? Because um, I know that in some instances, even with other humanitarian organizations, that, you know, there's a breakdown in getting the aid to the people. Have you found that um, you have good partners that are able to, um, you know, if they get some type of direct support, they can actually get it to the people? Have you found, um, how has that worked in the past? Has it been fairly successful? Yes, right now Save the Persecuted Christians is working directly with the country of Hungary, who is the only country that um, has a, uh, a secretariat under the Prime Minister for aid to persecuted Christians. Hungary can um, and does direct aid uh, to the local pastors, to the local church communities, uh, and, and Hungary is uh, historically a very Catholic nation, so they take this very seriously. So I work directly with Secretary Tristan Osbey of the, of the Office of Aid to Persecuted Christians, and they are able to, um, to put funds directly into the hands of the pastors. Recently they contacted me and asked for contacts to um, pastors and, and ministers in India and uh, Pakistan, and I have um, contacts for uh, more than 50 different communities in those areas. So um, if somebody makes a contribution and says specifically for India, 
for Indian Christians, for Pakistani Christians. We can take that money and, um, and feed it through the country of Hungary, who will get it directly to them, uh, without all of the roadblocks that you may get um, just trying to wire money to directly to somebody in one of those countries. So I wanted to ask you this, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, but with regard to, you know, seeing trends in this country that are similar to things that, that other Christians experience in terms of persecution, it just seems like more, I, I think it all started with the HHS mandate and, and, and Catholic charities kind of getting, you know, kind of getting shut down in certain areas in their adoption, um, in their adoption ministry, uh, so do you see trends happening in the United States that that are things that happened or are happening in other countries where the persecution is a lot more serious? Yeah, I think um, I think what we've experienced here just in the last few months in America is um, it has really rattled uh, some cages. So we have. Um, church communities that have tried to gather in their parking lots and in their cars and listen to a pastor over um, AM radio band who who were um, ticketed and and fined. Though those charges were dropped, uh, it, it's nonetheless very concerning. Uh, another uh, pastor serving a very vulnerable community these are people who are recovering drug addicts, um, homeless off the street, uh, senior citizens who who need this church community to get them to their doctor's offices and, and other appointments. This community doesn't have access to Internet or phones. And so they gathered together on um, Palm Sunday. There were about 16 people in a venue that could hold 300, and they were all... Um, separated, but this pastor was arrested and faces a year in prison and a $2,000 fine for having gathered his um, flock during the shutdown. Um, Liberty Council, Matt Staver, uh, chairman, was talking with our coalition about this just last week. He also noted that in California, um, they have uh, instituted regulations even for online worship, where the music that you use cannot be windpipes or singing, you can only use percussion. So there, and and we're seeing that churches are being put into um, phase five of the reopening, which is um, uh, like a year out from now. Uh, That's in some so crazy. Well, it it really we... is. It's it's absurd. Yeah, well, Dee, we only have a few seconds left. Um, I just want to thank you so much uh, for being our guest today. Dee Dee Logason, Save the Persecuted Christians Coalition Executive Director. Um, and the webpage, give that one more time. SaveThePersecutedChristians.org Thanks so much, Dee Dee. God bless you. Thank you, Bridget. Thanks, Jim. You have been listening to Faith in Action the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a presentation of Catholic Radio Indy. You can hear this episode of Faith in Action again or any past episode at catholicradioindy.org. If you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future program, please call us at 317-870-8255. 
or email jim at catholicradioindy.org.